Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, this is your host, Jordan Halsted, and today my favorite film of all time is what we're going to be talking about, and if you have been following our podcast, you know that uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier is so much my favorite film. This is one that I will die on that hill. I'm like, this is just my favorite film of all time. And so, yes, I know I've got it. I've got, I'm getting looks from some of my, my friends here. So today I've got Will and Micah here with me, guys. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Of course, there is another film I thought you were getting ready to talk about. I won't say the name of it, but uh, it was sounding very familiar about another film that I will not, I'm not going to mention, but uh, will, will, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Well, that might be second place. Oh, but oh God. Just gonna, because I'm, I stand in the corner for Morbius does not mean that. Oh God, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Please note that he said it. We didn't mention it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was just hearing some similar beats. But oh uh, glad to be here. I'm glad to he- he talk about a far superior film, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, the and first debut know, of the Russo brothers in the MCU as well. And and you know what? I will say that not only is it far superior than Morbius, it's far superior than most, if not all, of the the Marvel movies. For me, for me personally, I think this movie just far exceeds and even. Sitting in 2022, eight years after that movie has come out, I think that this film still stands very much on its own. So, do you have any rebuttals to that, Will? You Not at all. I completely, I completely agree with you. Uh, I mean, uh, one of my things that I worry about with the MCU and just I, I've kind of leveled, like we were just talking before the podcast, how we've kind of realized, like, we're not... Is what we were just talking about Civil War, like how you don't like Civil War because you want it to be a whole, the full, whole event like the comics. I've kind of leveled with we're not going to get like those personal stories like we would get with like Sam Raimi Spider Man too, and this is like probably the last hurrah that we're going to get something like that. I I'm willing to put my foot in my mouth. I mean, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was pretty close, but also they had that like, that whole multiverse and setting up America and it being Scarlet Witch's movie. It wasn't really. I mean, it did tackle Strange's uh, happiness and mental health and that you being like the Sorcerer Supreme and not being able to be with the people he loves. It was very Spider-Man too. now that I'm thinking about it, but I just, it's it's few and far between. Like, event, like Infinity War and Endgame are all great, but like there's so much going on. Like we can't focus on like Tony Stark throughout the whole three-hour movie because then Cap's not going to get a little enough love or Scarlett Johansson. Uh, too, uh, many, like too many hands in the pot at that point. You're exactly. Like, you're, you're, trying, you're trying to say, hey, let's focus on this one character and even when you get to Captain America 3, there were so many hands in the pot that it was labeled a cap film, but it was really more an Avengers 2.5. Yeah, I, I still say it's still a, success, a successful cap movie, but like the fact they were able to do like, <laughs> which movie are we talking about again? I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah. uh, the fact that we were able to set up T'Challa and Spider-Man and then just like have the whole conflict in the middle of the movie. Yes, like it just, it, it was a triumph. Uh yeah. Well, that's that's for phase three. We'll get we'll get we'll get down there eventually. But so so let's go ahead and start with this question. Being a regard widely regarded as the best uh, solo outing for the MCU. This is I mean on our TikTok channel, a lot of people agree with this. Many many people in the nerd community will agree with that statement. Do you agree or disagree? If so, why? If not, why not? And let's start with Micah. That this is the greatest. That this is the best solo outing in the MCU for a hero and, and like buddy films. Cause this really wasn't a buddy film. I think it is a buddy film. Really? Uh, you have Sam, you have black widow, you have Nick Fury. Supporting cast is, is different than a buddy. Cause I mean, Hulk and, and Thor, they were pretty neck and neck in Ragnarok. Cause mm-hmm. I, I would go, I would go that far. I don't know if I could claim this as a buddy film. 
you could also I, argue that Bucky it is a buddy fil- film about getting your best buddy back from the dark side. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me say it this way. When I think of buddy film, I think. But like, I but I but I also say like solo film. Like when I think solo film, I'm thinking Iron Man one. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I, I can I can get behind that. And and that's and I was thinking about it this morning when I was looking over some of these questions, and I'm like, I. I am not arguing that this is is a fantastic film, one of the best MCU films, period. And up until this point, like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like in 2014, that was the best up until that date. But I don't think it's the greatest of all time. I can't answer you the question of what Marvel movie I think is the greatest of all time because I think there's so many good ones. And Do you think Man. that question is just out of date anymore because I, there's so I, many? I, I think so. But like, if you ask me what my top three favorite Marvel movies were, like dependent upon the day, like it would change, right? Like one day it might be Infinity War, then No Way Home, then Winter Soldier. The next day it may be Ragnarok, then Winter Soldier and Infinity War. Like it really just depends on the day, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you break it down into like, okay, is this the best solo outing what do you classify as a solo outing is it a buddy movie it is not is it not a buddy movie is it like you know all these things um ant-man and the wasp like is that like i'm not we're not talking about that but like is that a buddy movie or is that like is she is she like a co like a co-star with him or is she equal or like i you know what i mean like it's really hard to 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 classify and break it down into what that's right so all that to say i threw it on this morning as i was getting ready for my day um happy memorial day uh thank thanks to all people that do their you know have supported our country and served our country um we're grateful for you um i threw this movie on this morning and i and to you know i love it like i don't have i have no beef with captain america the winter soldier i think it's an amazing film um but this morning man i was just thinking i'm like wow you know henry jackman knocked it out of the park with the film score um oh, yeah the russo brothers debuted uh as the directors of this movie and then you know you get you get Cap and you get Bucky and you get Nick Fury and you get uh, Black Widow. And like the first thing that I thought about when I got th- about halfway through it this morning was like, out of all the cameos that Black Widow has made, and we'll get to this in a little bit, but like, I think this was Black Widow's best outing. I agree. Um, and it was just such a good non-Avengers movie without being an Avengers movie. I just, you know, I, I would, you know, say that this is an amazing film but dependent upon again the the day the time the mood that i'm in jordan that's a bold statement my friend uh saying that's your favorite movie of all time (laughs) because like there are so many good movies (laughs) there are but like okay so when when the mcu started i would go in and be like okay this one i liked the best this one oh nope this one i liked the best and i feel like there were a lot of times where I kept choosing my next favorite because it st- it was just progressively getting better. You had Iron Man and then Iron Man 2, which I at the time thought that Iron Man 2 was better um, than the first one. Now in 2022, no, I still think Iron Man stands up as the well, best. J- j- Justin Hammer uh, brings some gravity. <laughs> Justin Hammer brings some awesome dance well, moves to that The whole movie. Elon Musk cameo. I mean, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Well, but, like, to be fair, too, it, like, I, to think fair. That, I think, and I say that a lot in our, our, our recordings, but like, I think that you guys are a little bit biased because Cap is your favorite. Um, we talked a little bit about it in the Dark World episode. Like, mm. I, I that's not my favorite Thor movie, right? And I feel like they really didn't get there. They didn't get Thor until Ragnarok. So, you know, I 
I have no beef with Captain America. And I think you guys are a little bit biased because you guys love Captain America. And I feel like I'm being the level head in this podcast. But well, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, okay. you're good. I, I just think Cap was my favorite. Well, I mean, I, you guys have heard my story when we talked to the first Avenger and just like when we were doing like our, our top five superheroes of all time. With like the round table, yeah. With, with the round table, Cap wasn't my favorite initially. And then first Avenger, like he won me over instantly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when they were doing IMAX screenings of Thor The Dark World, they had like the elevator scene, like to get people hyped up for this one. And I was just like, holy crap. Like everyone in the, I mean, I was already down for Cap. I'm like, oh, and I, I thought that action scene was awesome. But then everyone else kind of like got on board. They're going like, oh, hey, Cap is kind of a badass. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just going like, where were you guys during the first one? He, yeah. he, was, he was just awesome before. So I just, I feel like everyone came late to the party on this one. So I think as much as I like it, I think I kind of, I'm, I'm not much of a, I'm not a hipster, but I feel like to a degree, I'm going like, oh, I think I maybe resent this one a little bit. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong, but I think I have like a little bit of like a chip on my shoulder about this one because everyone started to like Cap during this one. I'm like, no, he's mine. I liked him first, but I do want to share that love. Do you, uh, would what? you like to hear like a, a really cool story about this movie for me? Um, yeah. So my my wife and I were living in Charlotte, North Carolina. We lived there for a year, and mm-hmm. we um, she worked at the University of North Carolina in, in Charlotte, and um, they had this. It's a massive school, like thirty five thousand students. In the, in the student union, there is a movie theater where faculty, staff, students can go see movies for free. And that was the first time I saw Winter Soldier. And I was literally sitting in a nice movie theater that was brand new watching the Winter Soldier for the first time for free. Like, it was just incredible. That was my first experience. That was a side tangent. But but like, yeah, I, I totally agree. They made, they made Cap feel and look like so much more of a bigger deal in this film than they did his first one. Yeah, absolutely. And just made him, because that, that was my big issue too. Like, how do they make Cap work for modern times? And even he's dealing with that going like, what's my identity? Like, do I just go along with S.H.I.E.L.D. and like be like the soldier like I always was? And like, he has to deal with that with um, just like with Nick Fury being like super suspicious. Well, like him. his like, little little notebook in the beginning of the movie when yeah. Sam's telling him what album to listen to. Like, he's like taking mm-hmm. notes in real time of what he should do. Well, what I love about the notebook is that that book changed depending on what region you were seeing that. So, like, they, they changed the scene. So, like, in America, it had, like, Star Wars and, all like, all like Star Wars, Star Trek, and then, like, had all these different, like, music pieces and all these pop culture references. But some of them would change depending on the region, which I thought was really cool. So that way, it was just a, a little bit more of a, oh, hey, like, like uh, in Germany, they may have, like, 99 left balloons, where here would be, like, 99 red balloons or whatever. Like, they had some of those, like, small changes here and there that was really cool <clears> and, and just a nice touch. And to add to your buddy, the, the question earlier, I, I know that that's a random tangent. Fun fact, that, that book is with the one Bucky uses later on in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I, I just like that little detail because I, I just recently rewatched that again. Great show. And, and Henry Jackman's on the, on the score on that too. But anyway, uh, to answer your question about the buddy film thing about this, um, it's definitely Cap's solo movie, but like when I think of a buddy film, I think of like buddy cop movies. Like it would be fair to say like the nice guys are lethal weapon. Like that, that's what you're thinking of like a buddy yeah. film and caps learning to trust again. Like, can you trust Nick Fury, even though like he's a leader of shield cause he's lied to him before. Uh, and now he's also trying to take down people before like they're even a threat. Like that's, that doesn't sound like the good guys. Well, I thought we were the good guys. What's going on here. And then he makes a good friend in Sam, like, and then even trusting black widow, who's like the spy, like she's just trying to make him happy and all this stuff and get him a date. But also like, she's like Fury's right-hand woman. Like, should I trust her? Is she a good friend? And by the end of this movie, like he's got new buddies and like 
they even hold their own in infinity war against aliens who should have the upper hand on them but so i just uh, i don't know uh it, it, I, I would think, say it, so it has elements of both being a solo and other Cap movie continuing his adventure, but also Cap learning to trust and be trusting in this in this time where you, everyone's suspicious. Trusting the process. Playing, trusting the process and learning how to do the spy game a little bit. You you were talking a little bit earlier about how he was trying to find his place in this world and, you know, am I relevant in this time frame? Is this something that I want to be a part of? Is this something that I need to be a part of? Or should I just kind of get on with my life? Kind of like, where, where do I fit? And I love that there were so many influences from his 1940s days where like you hear the music when the record hits and like, it's got that, that trumpet jazz feel. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's like, the song just, at the end of Endgame, too. Yeah, it just, it, it's <laughs> so. just that that very beautiful sound. It's got the, the right music. It's got everything was just – I just don't know that I have any complaints at all about this film. Like, everything from start to finish, I just loved it. And it actually inspired me to go read the book, uh, The Winter Soldier, afterwards, which there's not a whole lot of – like, you see the same themes. Like, there's some, like, characters that were changed to, like, instead of having – Red Skull be a big player. You have Alexander Pierce in this. So, like, there were a few people that kind of changed, but th- they stuck very, very close to source material, and I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And you gotta love they gave us Robot Zola, too, uh, midway through oh, the yeah. movie. Well, and I'm wondering if, because of what they did with What If, I don't know if that's the only copy they had. That would be pretty rad. <laughs> I, th- I think it would be really cool if, because they're now starting to go, like, with Phase 4, we're starting to see comic book accurate suits. And we're starting to see more comic, like, in, or playing versus, like, the military feel of all these characters. Which, I like that we had the more realism, but I love that we're going to more of a comic book kind of phase. And speaking of that, the stealth suit. Uh, when I was getting into comics, oh. he, ha- he had that suit. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, oh, it's probably gonna be like 20 years. Assuming because my naive butt over there I was just going like, if we ever, if the MCU ever gets like up and running, like I would love to see the suit. Literally second movie in. Oh, like okay, and everything's on the table. So just the, how accurate and how good it looked. And I also, fun fact, have that cosplay because it's a pretty awesome, unique suit. So absolutely, and I think that's one of my favorite costumes. From, from all of his stuff, he just, he's got the stealth. He, and the way that they portrayed that with him against Batroc mm. the Leaper, which, what did you guys think about George St. Pierre coming in? Which, Mike, I know that you're into, like, MMA, wrestling, things like that, all, the, all that kind of, that world. What did you think of seeing uh, Batroc the Leaper with, with George St. Pierre playing him? I mean, he looked jacked. And, <laughs> and the costume designs in this, you know, film were, were, were top notch and I think they really stepped up their game we talk about that a lot in other podcasts that we do but specifically you know early MCU early phase two like this was probably the best costume design for for a single movie I think out there period and he just looked jacked like that whole um that whole first scene in the movie like where he's on the the Navy SEAL boat, boat trying to do all that stuff like it's incredible like the costume design the choreography, the fight scenes, all of it. Um, and they made him look legitimately like, you know, he, he's got a background in MMA, so he just looked the part. So, yeah, I thought it was really cool. What do you think, Will? I think, well, I don't know if you got this is a little fun fact. I don't know how, like, into the know you are of behind-the-scenes stuff, but um, the, Sega was making the Avengers games because when we had movie tie-in games at the time, 
and Chris Evans was seeing some of the fight moves that his character had in the game and going, oh, I didn't do that in the movie. I want to be able to do this. So, like, he trained to actually do that. So, like, when... Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm just like, ah, uh, I think we did get... I just sent a picture to you guys uh, via our, t- our group chat. I think we got robbed of seeing, like, the goofy, silly Batch Rock Libra with the huge mustache and, like, the cape and the flamboyant costume. But for what they were going for in the MCU, I think that was a pretty accurate representation of that costume. Uh, George, I, I mean, I just, and the fact that we even were doing an obscure character like that, it, uh, one of Cap's uh, rivals in this, I'm like, yeah, like if, if we can get anyone like that or Zaz and Batman or just any like low tier someone that they're probably not going to get a solo movie. Yes, please put them in there. And then he also gets play again in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So uh, I'm glad they reused him. Well, you know, watching George St. Pierre come into play this character, I think was even cooler because not only do you have this obscure character that not many people know who he is, but then you get an iconic MMA fighter to come in. And like my, me and my dad, my dad made me watch like all these different fights with them growing up. And I was like, I know these guys by name. And so to see him come in, I was like, no way, no freaking way. And, and uh, some of the people that were with me, they were like, who is that? And I said, that's George St. Pierre. And they're like, who is that in comics? I said, no, 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 that's the actor. <laughs> like, George St. Pierre is, is playing Batrock the Leaper, and I just I think this is super cool and, and the way they're handling the character and the, all that. And then to have him come back, like, two phases later with <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I, I, just, I love the interconnected pieces that you can bring them back and bring them back and bring them back. As um, long as you don't kill them, as long as you don't kill them. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, and we, you know, Micah and I were talking uh, when we did the, the Dark World piece. Um, that episode, if you haven't watched or listened to it, definitely go check it out. But we talked about how sometimes if you put too many bad guys in, it overloads. And I feel like this film, I, maybe it's phase two, has just a really, really good concept of putting a lot of villains in and kind of starting to interweave that, hey, you know, we can make someone like, a bad guy without making him the big bad and like trying to share screen time with all these really big bad guys like let's focus on one big bad and then we can introduce a couple others and like you had Batrock the Leaper you had uh uh we just said his name Alexander Pierce Zola Pierce Zola thank thank you I was gonna say Baron Zemo and I was like no Zemo doesn't come until later um you have those three plus you have Crossbones who hasn't technically picked up the Crossbones mantle yet but he he's there and you know that he's there and I'm like there were four big names that show up and I'm like it some of them are obscure but they all still show up and I loved the way that they handled that and it just started to show good storytelling that you can layer in different characters in that maybe they're only there for 10 seconds but you know that they're there and that they have some type of impact on the character and that it's going to help them grow a little bit and it's going to help progress the story because you don't have to have them play this massive part to progress the story like Batrock's in there for what like a total of like five minutes on screen mm-hmm. and like that helped put the whole oh someone was going after our ship which then goes in into well the they did they had better part. pacing in this film too like yeah. we talked about oh, yeah. dark world on the dark world episode specifically like how they had all these ideas similar to the first thor movie where they had so many different ideas they had no pacing they had no direction and they just wanted to see what would work with uh the winter soldier i feel like they were very intentional about their storytelling and how they wrote the story and how it was portrayed, acted, and developed, and oh, yeah. and it, and it and it and it shows. So, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I just, I think the Russos had something to prove, and I think 
they saw what happened with Iron Man 3. I, I, even though I like what they did with Iron Man 3, I think they saw the backlash of that. And then Thor The Dark World, I think initially people were kind of hyped with the Guardians post credit scene and like some of the goings on like, oh, what's going to happen? Ah! But I think they were like, all right, we can't screw this one up. Such as our first one here. We, I know they know this is the community guys, but like we let's show them that we are here to play, and they did it, and they adapted one of Ed Brubaker's iconic stories. And I mean, obviously, there's their own spin on it, but I mean, it was a jam-packed action movie. And I think Feige and like the producing team, because I, I I don't know how much we're following behind the scenes stuff, but like even if no matter what creative team they get, I think they still try to have like a consistent vision of like, okay, this is a cat movie. So the action is going to be more visceral. Okay. We have uh, the guardians over here. So there's going to be more like space sci-fi nonsense. We're going to have some like starship battles. So uh, we're not going to see a starship battle in this unless we get like uh freaking, what's his name? Uh, Vance Astro from the guardians 3000 with the cap shield, <laughs> uh, some uh, deep pools here, but yeah, um, this has something to prove. And I think they knocked it out of the park and then go on to continue doing stuff and there's rumors they might be even coming back for phase four or five stuff later so yeah i mean just this character was developed really really well through his whole time that like phases one through three they did very very well and i think that a lot of it hinged on how they took him in this movie because it comes right off the cusp of the avengers and the avengers kind of throws him into our time but this is where they're kind of putting him into our time like they're, they're helping him find his place in this time so coming off the cusp of the avengers uh, do you feel like this movie went in the right direction? Do you think that it could have been better? Do you think that it, like, wh- what are your thoughts on that, Will? I, I think, yeah, it did a solid job just, like, establishing, like, oh, hey, like, just even with the running scene and, like, how he can be kind of a snarky but I'll just say he's a snarky butt a little bit, going, like, oh, on your left. <laughs> just And that's how, like, he become, make, makes friends <laughs> and all that. And just even, like, how he has, like, a rapport with Black Widow with the whole, like, hey, what about, like, the girl in accounting and all that? Just, like, it just seems like the last time we saw him, like oh, I had a date and then like he went to fight and then we don't know what happened because I, there's actually deleted scenes in the first Avengers, like where we see like he's sitting there with like the, with the files of, of every, all of his friends dead except Peggy. He's debating seeing her. And I think there's even one where Stanley's initial cameo was, was him going like, ask, ask for her number, you idiot, or I'm going to like something along those lines. I'm like, oh, I, I, I like I like the one that they went with, but I'm like, oh, I would have loved him if he just got two cameos since like this is the big one, but just there was some of that in there and I think they captured the spirit of those scenes in this and even expanded on it and just yeah I think they did a solid job getting him into our world and just even how awkward he was with Sharon like because uh, you know he wants to ask her out but he's like oh no I, I, I gotta be selfless and gotta do my laundry and there's some other stuff going on with Hydra and I, I, I don't know just he's just an awkward goof and I, I think we captures it great just like he's still awkward even he's still out of place even in the, fu- in the future being the man out of time, but even when he became the super soldier, he was super awkward and going like, oh, like women think I'm attractive now or like, I, I don't know my own strength. Like there- there's just always going to be just a little something off, <laughs> even, even yeah. if he is confident in being the leader of the Avengers or his shield ops group. So yeah. yeah. Michael, what about you, bud? But it also proves to Will's uh, point, if I could piggyback off that a little bit, like, yeah. <clears throat> it just proves how selfless he was. And that was his goal. Like above all else, like even if he didn't get the girl in again, right. I mean, we, we know that that happens through Endgame, but yeah. like through his whole journey and his quest, he knew that he as a soldier, as you know, he, he put his duty above all else. And that's, that was what made him such a good soldier and, um, and inspirational to everybody. Right. Like it, it just, it proves the point, you know, 
as to why he was the fir- the first Avenger and he was a good leader and he was a good fit for that. So um, what was the question? I'm sorry. We kind of like. Uh, just coming off the, the, the Avengers and yeah. we're entering phase two. Do you think it went in the right direction or do you yeah, think it gone somewhere better? I mean, we talk about footing a lot specifically within the MCU. And I think that they really, 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 really went in the right direction with this, um, you know, with, with the winter soldier, but like even phase two, right. They really started like after, um, after I, it was Iron Man three in this, right. After Iron Man three, the dark world, Iron Man three, Iron Man three to Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so plus, right. So post the dark world and Iron Man three, when you pick up with the winter soldier and then beyond that, like with Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, you know, like all those, like they really started to get their footing and then they just really took off and hit the, hit the ground running in, in um, phase three. But um, this was well, kind I of the genesis. Comes, of, I think this comes back to what we were saying with the Dark World episode. Disney just got the rights. Yeah. So like, yeah, phase one was already completed. They had an idea, but companies changed hands. And so mm-hmm. when, when all that moved over, they kind of, this was their phase one. Yeah, so like, you know, Iron Man was great. The first Iron Man was great, but you know, like we we have other movies that we like within before the Disney takeover, but then um, you know, Winter Soldier and Beyond, man, like <laughs> to Infinity Beyond, get it? Um, yeah, yeah, like they just <laughs> crushed it, right? They just were like, you know what, we're gonna take this MCU thing seriously, and we're gonna take it to another level, and I think it started with the Winter Soldier, and so picking and then they up, continued it in Age of Ultron. Continue, Micah. Oh. <laughs> I hope I didn't throw you off. But they dropped <laughs> it in Morbius. Um, <clears throat> uh, that's, that's a different thing. Different thing. Don't worry oh, about it. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. My fault. Um, but yeah, they really picked the, you know, picked the right spot. And they, 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 what's that? What's the phrase? They took their shot and they shoot their shot. Yeah. They, sh- shot, they their shot, shot their shot. I'm going to be careful because I may say something I'm not supposed to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, a swear word like will does frequently on here on language yes language um yes after Avengers, after avengers one like there wasn't a better spot or movie to kind of take the mantle and get the mcu rolling within disney's hands or direction creatively yeah i you know i agree with that i think that the only thing that made i guess you know i said that i don't have any issues with this i think if i was going to say there's one issue that i have is that they compromised the whole shield thing like i think shield could have stuck around longer i think that they could have easily kept things going especially after starting agents of shield the tv show and i'm not saying that the agents of shield was this amazing tv series or whatnot but after having started it literally the year before and then like it was ending its first season with uh the winter soldier like that that just kind of stinks so, well, well, you know, you know, uh, behind the scenes, the TV show people didn't know until like it's about to ready to come out. They're like, "Are you shitting me? Is this really happening?" <laughs> yeah. So that, and then oh, language. I know I'm going to get bleeped there. <laughs> Speaking of, J- Micah G jinxed it. I'm kidding. Uh, um, but well, let, well, let me ask you this. So, or both of you, because Jordan, you just kind of are like, "Well, if there was one thing I didn't like about this film, what was it?" And Jordan, you said what you just said, but Will, what would you say was something you didn't like? Something I didn't like. Because um, you guys rave about this movie. Like, was there something that you could, like, if you were nitpicking or being super picky about it on any particular day, what would it be? I know for me, I wasn't a big fan of Alexander Pierce. I just wasn't. I thought he was kind of lame. Okay. I, I liked Alexander Pierce. 
Like, I, well, I, I, I liked the I guess way the guy, they brought well, him. Well, I, I, I like you continue, Jordan, but I, I was like, I, I like that when even though Bucky is like the main thing, like Steve needs to save his soul. Uh, I like that we have a bad guy who necessarily isn't like the big comic booky villain. He's just like he's almost like a mustache tr- trilling, like because uh, this movie gets compared yeah. to a bunch of spy thrillers, and of course, uh, what's his what's the actor's name again who plays Alexander Pierce? I forget. Uh, Robert Redford. Robert yeah. Redford. Like he used to be in those spy thrillers, so having him in there bring <clears throat> brings a little bit more gravitas to this. I mean, I'm sure like Robert Redford's going like, oh, this is ba- this is more basic than half the stuff I was doing in, in films, but I just it brings some more like, oh hey, Nick Fury trusts this guy. So should Steve really? But like the Hydra stuff's going on. Uh, I don't know. Uh, continue talking about stuff that you don't like. I'm just trying to think of what I don't like about this, and it's just... for me. I think I genuinely just don't think that they should have killed Shield. Um, I think, yeah, and that, that's a good that's a good point. And they could have ran further with it. Yeah, and I, mm. well, for for well, me, I'm like Shield. You you now have less Nick Fury because he's now just showing up randomly. There's not like a rhyme or reason to him showing up, and they're they're starting to go towards a, a sword kind of look. Um, with the way that they're going, and I'm like, okay, if they're going to bring sword in, it's basically going to be a cosmic shield, which I mean, technically is what it is, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just I think that that shield it could have kept it grounded. It could have been some more spy thriller kind of stuff. I I'm a big James Bond fan. I love watching those movies. I would have loved to see more like Black Widow be a little bit more of a spy thriller, not m- as much action, but more of a spy. I would have loved to see Hawkeye in on that as well. I think that would have been awesome to see those two kind of just doing a spy thing. Um, I love that they went to Budapest um, and they they did their thing in, in Black Widow, but by killing off S.H.I.E.L.D., I think that they damaged what could have been. That they just, because I mean, like they, they bring back the Helicarrier in Age of Ultron. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say like, but what was why? even the point of getting rid of Shield if we were just gonna do that in the next one? Because yeah, I mean, it, comics do this all the time, like the illusion of change that Stan Lee has always talked about. Like, oh hey, Parker may like lose his job with the girl, but like uh, when the next creative team goes over, they could rechange that or re- reboot yeah, it or whatever. So it, it, it made no sense to me with that. But then there was the deleted scene in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming where he was supposed to be in DC driving past Triskelion. And he was supposed to say, oh, like, they still haven't cleaned up this mess. Um, And, like, there was that – there's a written scene. Like, you can actually see the deleted scene, and they've got it, like, drawn out, but they didn't actually, like, digitally edit it or anything. I'm like, that would have been so cool if they would have, like, continued some of that. But I also think that it would have – I like the Hydra infiltration. I think that was really cool. But I hate that S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer a thing because I think that S.H.I.E.L.D. just – it just – it's kind of that coin of the the, – it's a catch-22 here. One side, I love it. The other side, I hate it. I hate that they got rid of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I love the infiltration, that that whole society piece that I, I just, I really like that. Mm-hmm. I I really can't think of anything negative about this. Um, I think maybe to a degree, um, if I define, and this is like a small nitpick, but because I know, and even then, it's not necessarily that much of a negative, but uh, the suit that Cap steals for the final mission. I mean, I know it's a museum replica of his old suit, but like they added that third stripe in there because his other suits have the red, the red, white, and blue, the triple stripe. If I had to be negative, that, that's my one nitpick. I'm like, ah, oh, that's not what it looked like, but I actually kind of like that suit better. So even then, um, I, I, I can't, I'm not trying to be like all up on the Russos and Cap here, but like it, it is a solid film. I, th- I, I think I, if I had to piggyback Jordan, I would say the Hydra twist um is maybe not, not, not come out of nowhere it was a nice twist but it did cause some 
damage down the road now. So, I mean, Tony Stark had to become like the leader of the Avengers. And I mean, all those, all, all those facilities essentially look like shield. So it might as well still be shield and all that in age yeah. of Ultron. So yeah. Um, it was silly, but like, yeah, if I had to find a negative, that, that'd probably be it as well. Yeah. That's just, that's just where I sit with that. Now, what did you guys think about black widow and Falcon being in this as heavy hitters as they were in this series or in, in this show or movie? Sorry. What, what were you guys' thoughts on that one? Um, I said it earlier, but like Black Widow, I think this was her best performance in the MCU, hands down. Rewatching it this morning, like, you know, I back up that theory. Um, just some of her wittiness, her jokes, like the action scenes within the movie, the fight scenes so you, that she. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off that for a second. Do you think that's because it was a spy and she is the spy of spies kind of person? Do you think that it was because it played to a strength of the character? Yes, and I think she played well off Cap. Um, okay. More so in this movie. I mean, she does in others, but like more so within the Winter Soldier. Um, and then was Sam the other one you mentioned? Yeah. 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 I I really don't like. It was a greater introduction for Sam in this this uh, film, but I don't think that he. I mean, yes, he was in the movie, and yes, he was there, and we we find out who he is, um, but. I, I feel like he really gets his footing in civil war. Like he gets more, more of that action, more of who, you know, he's going to be, um, you know, civil war and, 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 and beyond. But um, yeah, I think the black widow really stole the show as far as being the, the co-character or the supporting cast within this movie. Well, what do you think? Uh I think I got to echo your sentiments because just looking at her performances up to this point, Iron Man two, I mean, she was kind of just being ogled by um, Happy and Tony a little bit. I mean, yeah, she had some stuff going on and was keeping an eye on Tony to make sure he was okay and that he would, like, cure himself and make sure Stark Industries wouldn't, like, tank or whatever because, like, their research is important for what S.H.I.E.L.D. needs with the Tesseract and whatnot going forward and to make that other element. But she's kind of – being honest, I mean, she's just kind of nothing. I'm like, yeah, Scarlett Johansson's pretty look at in that, but kind of nothing if I'm being honest. She does more than Hawkeye and Thor, but not much. It was kind of like Avengers point five, Avengers point five, if I will, with with Rhodey in there as well. Then we get her in Avengers, yeah. And then we get her in Avengers. We get a little bit more with her. Like she has, I mean, I wish I cared more about Hawkeye, but like just seeing like how like devastated she is when they say like, uh, Bart, it's Barton. He's been compromised, and just like how like you can see like written all over her face, like oh no, like my best friend or like maybe potential lover because we didn't know like who was going to be shipped with who. uh, Some of that. so there was that and just her budding relationship with Ruffalo because uh, we'll talk about it in the next one. But I kind of like that those two get together because like they're deemed monsters by certain people or just the the way they view themselves. It makes sense. And just even Nick Fury was has a line in Age of Ultron. Uh, I'm not I'm not just saying it for the joke, but uh, <laughs> just like, oh, hey, sometimes you just hope for the best. And like he that's why he sent, sent her to her because like Nick Fury's like got plans within plans. So like he's even planning relationships. He, is he the Lily of the group right now? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, the Michael Scott. I just love how my kids all grew up and married each other. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and, and the way you picked that, it's like he's picking at his gross eye. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just even Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans are like friends outside of this because they've done other projects together. Like, I think they really wanted to give her some more to do because I think Chris even saw the other movies going like, 
man, they're not really giving you shit to do, like, language. Um, <laughs> we need to, like, let's, let's use our chemistry from those other movies to, like, get you in here. Like, let's make you a bad B. Like, I know it's Captain America, but, like, it's Captain America and Black Widow here because that is also a comic relationship that, I mean, there's even lines in here going, like, what do you want me to be? I'm just going, like, whoa, Black Widow. Uh, uh, Peggy's still alive. I know she's an old lady, but, hey, wait, wait until she passes. At least wait, wait for the right time, Black Widow. Like, calm so, down. Yeah, James Rogers can be born later. I, as much as I would like to see the next Avengers, but <laughs> but what Cap really needed was a friend from her, and I love their their relationship. Even like later on in Endgame, going like, uh, does it really need to be done? You leading the Avengers and all this, like it starts here and it's beautiful until the end and just even how devastated he is in Endgame too. So I, I'm I can gush about all this the no, whole it's, relationship. It's all good, you know. But then. Me- Go ahead. Actually, I'm, I'm going to steal it. So, yeah. you know, for me, I thought that this, like you guys said, this was her best outing so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with your sentiments that I wish I would have known what her and Hawkeye's relationship was beforehand. And I think it would have been really cool if, like, there was a moment where she's, like, on the phone with Hawkeye just because they're they're so tight. And I think mm-hmm. it would have been really cool to see, like, every time that they're, like, in an outing or whatnot, like, they're, they're in talks with each other or something like that at one point or another. Um, I think it would have been really cool personally but I understand why they didn't. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to kind of transition, though, to Nick Fury. And what did you think about Nick Fury in this movie? Because he got a lot more screen time than he's had in any of the other films. I mean, we, we first met him in, an event, or in Iron Man, and then he came back to Iron Man 2. Uh, he was in Captain America, the first Avenger, and then the Avengers. <laughs> so out of the, the first six movies, he was in four of them, whether it was post-credit or not. He was in at least four four of them. So what were your thoughts on having Nick Fury in there? You know, for me, I loved the car chase. That was probably one of my favorite car chases of all time. Um, just the the way the whole, like, they surround his car, they start, like, doing that, and then, like, he waits until the last minute for it to be compromised, and then they, like, start shooting through the window. I, I loved that scene. I thought it was great. I think the only other car chase scene that, if I had to say my top three, it's probably that's, in the top three, along with the Batman, um, which I didn't care for that movie, but the Batman car chase, Batmobile chase with him and Penguin, I loved that. And then mm, probably Fast Five when they're hauling the, uh, the, 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 vault. the vault. But the reason I think I love that the most is because I always make fun of it because Paul uh, uh, Walker, yeah, Paul Walker double shifts a reverse like he puts it in a second reverse if you watch there's a scene where he hits it again and it's like that's not how that works <laughs> so well i don't i don't think fast and furious is uh, actually playing they're playing fast and loose with both physics gravity uh and just life in general jordan this we're gonna sh- get some time sh- traveling shenanigans here soon so uh or some dinosaurs in fast 10 <laughs> oh please yeah. Please no. So uh, while I'm t- taking that, I'll just take the mic over here uh, from that. Uh, I mean, Nick Fury, I mean, if you're doing a movie with Cap working directly beneath him and just one, Samuel Jackson's not getting any younger. So it, this is this is the time to give him an action scene and do stuff and just build some rapport with him. Because, I mean, even in the comics, Nick, Nick Fury and Cap are buddies, whether they're in the Howling Commandos together or if we're talking about the old school Hasselhoff, like brown hair one or even in the ultimates and other things like they, they're like hand in hand like even if they disagree with each other like they're gonna have a relation a relationship of some sort <sighs> and just even like their philosophical differences with the whole project insight thing because like fury i mean they even were confrontational in the last one with the uh, project uh 
was Project, uh, Pro- Project Pegasus, Project Pegasus. Oh, and Pegasus. Then, insight in this one, like he was trying to develop weapons uh, and and he told it, Cap and everybody like, oh, hey, we're using this for clean energy. So like he just keeps breaking his trust repeatedly. And he's like, how am I supposed to take orders from you and go out in the field if I know you're going to like make helicarriers that are just going to kill people, man. But then even, but then even, but that gets the fury. So he starts thinking again and he checks the little hard drive and he's like, Cat may be onto something here. We're not supposed to be doing this because <laughs> uh, yeah. he finds like the Zolda program. Uh, I also didn't get to talk about Sam, but just I think Sam had a solid in- introduction and then I'll pass it off to Micah. Um, I mean, if you're doing Cap stories, uh, the fact that we're even getting Falcon in this is, is great. I'm glad they didn't do the silly powers where you can talk to birds because that would make no sense this early in what like, they did. I like how they progressed that too. We'll tell or, or, or pet pet my, my drone or, or say hello or we're like and they're like I'm not talking to your drone like yeah. that's stupid. Oh yeah, that, that makes that's silly because like yeah everyone's like we're not talking to your drone man come on but yeah I think Sam's good he plays off uh, Cap well and just proves like hey like you don't have to be a super soldier or a spy to be Cap's friend or like be helpful and useful to him. So just being, just being a good man like him, which is why he gets the shield later. But Micah, take it away. I feel like I'm uh, hogging it over here. Um, you're fine. You're totally fine. It's <laughs> like, I, I totally expected this with this episode with the Captain America fan that you are, Will, and Jordan for that matter. So yeah. I'm totally cool with it. Um, and, and respect to Nick Fury, um, I think aside from Captain Marvel, this was the most screen time he had in a particular movie. Am I right? Like is he like for Mm -hmm. most screen time within a, you know, single film? Yeah. Yes, within a single film, Um, and I like it. Jordan, you nailed it. The whole scene, the car chase scene, was was amazing. Um, After he gets shot up and he ends up in that apartment in Cap's apartment, like, oh yeah, and he uses the phone and he pulls the phone up and he's like compromised, like, and the music's playing. Like that's so cool. Like it was just such a, you know, playing this incognito you know, trying to keep it quiet because he knows something bad's about to happen. Like trying to play it close, close to the chest, even, even to like the, the last second. Right. So like, I, I really enjoyed his work in this movie. And like Will said, he's not getting any younger. So um, Star Wars, well, we're getting all that crap dumped on us this year. Can we get a Mace Windu show, please? Please. Anybody? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, there is a Mace Windu comic that tackles some stuff during the uh, Republic days, but yeah, I but we need that... a Samuel Jackson purple lightsaber. And do we do a, we a show dedicated to that? So I don't know. I, would, I, would, I, I don't know, man. We'll have to talk about that in a Star Wars celebration episode, Jordan. Please, Jordan. We'll, we won't talk about Morbius in it. We promise. Right. I, okay. Uh, I'll fingers crossed. <laughs> um, no, I. You know, there's that moment where he busts out the cutter and he digs his way under, and I honestly was kind of hoping that it was just going to be purple. Oh, every like. <laughs> Like, I thought he was going to bust out a little lightsaber and just, like, cut his hole. I was like, oh, man, that would have been great. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about all these heroes, but I want to talk about one of the villains, and it is the the name of this movie, The Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes. So what was your favorite Bucky moment in this movie? Did you guys appreciate him being this redeemable bad guy? Uh, I mean, th- this is one of those moments where it's like, you see him as a good guy. You see him as brainwashed bad guy. And then you're going to see him as brainwashed bad guy turning good again. They're, they're fixing all that into straight up good guy again. So with that, what was your guys' favorite Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier moment in this, this movie? Go ahead and take it, Micah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I really like, you know, 
the I think basically in the end of the movie, the whole helicopter scene when when Bucky's in the helicopter and Cap's like pulling the helicopter back to the building, like that. No, that was Civil that, War. That's, that's, that's Civil was War. it Civil War? I yeah, knew that. that I knew that when you were going to ask this question, that I was going to say Civil War instead of Winter Soldier. I knew it. I. Knew- <laughs> And that's why I pointed to Will when we were recording, and he was like, "Go ahead, uh, Micah." No, uh, well, I've been hogging. It. I mean, if you want me, if you want me no, to it's, pick it's, one, go I, ahead. Well, you I, always... all right. Go ahead. Go so ahead. Uh, I knew I would do that. It's okay. That is a good moment because uh, I mean, that's that's the goal for me, man. Being able to flex a helicopter and save one of my friends. Anyway, <laughs> there's not many moments, so I'm not going to pull my usual nonsense. Well, that's 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 what I was trying to get at. Like with this one specifically, there was more, I think, of Bucky within Civil War than there was in Winter Soldier. We just got a little taste of him as the Winter Soldier in mm-hmm. the Winter Soldier, if that makes sense. Uh, it's a shared moment with him and Steve uh, when they're on when the when, when on the final hel- helicarrier and they're having that final confrontation, and Steve just lets him just wail on him, and he's like, "I'll uh, like just like come on, man, you're my friend. I'm not going to fight you. Like stop it, like." And he's like, oh, you know me. He's like, no, I don't. And just, it's just wailing on him. And like, I, I don't think we've seen Cap that brutalized until like maybe Endgame again. Um, and he just says like the iconic lines from earlier in the movie, I'm with you till the end of the line. And then like, it, it wakes something up in him and going like, oh crap, like I do know this guy. And then the helicarrier crashes and somehow Bucky, I mean, granted they're super soldiers, g- g- gap, gap, grabs him and the shield and just like leaves him uh, on the side of the river. And then he goes to go find himself. But like I, that moment's iconic just because it, it calls back to the sweet moment, like from when they were younger before all of this, when Steve needed help before Project uh, Rebirth was even a thing. And just, it kind of kicks off Bucky's journey for what's going to happen in uh, Civil War. So I, I like that. Just a good brotherly moment, even though like it breaks my heart to see Cap getting beat up and just not get through to him until like the very last second. Yeah. Go ahead, Micah. I mean, that's probably for me as well. Like, didn't he say something else, Will, within that moment when, when Bucky's just wailing on him? Um, uh, you're, you're, not, you're, my not, you're, you're, you're my mission. And he's yes. like, oh, finish it. Finish yes. it. Yeah, that just broke me. And it breaks me every time I watch it. So probably that or, you know, um, just even at the end when he saves him. Just like something as simple as that where he, you know, pulls him out of the water post the, the helicarrier just sinking in the water. Um, Cap Cap is so dedicated to their friendship and, and who they were that, you know, he makes it he makes it work. And he he's willing to you know, not leave him dead, but just leave him so that in the hopes that he will remember him. Um, Mm -hmm. So willing to die for it. Yeah. And, and like, let's be real. Any of the fight scenes, even, you know, winter soldier or civil war that, um, that Bucky's involved in are are really, really cool. Um, We should do a podcast and top favorite fight scenes (laughs) in the MCU. Like probably the one in, in, in civil war when, you know, they're chasing him down and the motorcycle happens and he just flips around on the Like that's, yep. That's amazing. But I oh, love it. But then within back to the winter soldier, Jordan, like, I think that, you know, just the fact that, you know, Bucky beat the snot out of him and cap wouldn't give up on him. It's just, yeah. I love that you guys went that route because for me, I loved when they're fighting on the bridge top after he rips apart the car and, like when he comes down, he's got like the grenade launcher and he's going after Black Widow and then Cap and him and like 
he's like got the knife fighting stuff going happening. I'm like, I love that kind of stuff. I love seeing that these guys are the peak of human perfection, like the, the, the height of humanity when it comes to muscle, when it comes to speed, when it comes to like for what a normal human could look like, like these guys are buff the stuff. And I loved seeing how they handled that. I liked the character progression as to how, like, they went through things. And I also love how, like, they they have to, like, try and trick him through some of that. Like, when, when uh, Black Widow's, like, calling in a squad 2150 or whatever, and she, like, slides the recording under the, the car. And so, like, he, like, looks under and throws something. And then, like, she comes around the car and has to take him out. Like, I, I liked some of those moments because I'm like, they have to outthink this guy because there's no way they can outmuscle him every single mm. time. I think a missed opportunity was not having a, a flashback to her and him training at some point when she's telling the story about him. But I, I don't know if that would have serviced the movie too much because I think it's a thing I wish I would saw in Black Widow as well. Uh, I'm going to pull my will card over here and say another scene that I think is pretty iconic with Bucky because no, no, no one mentioned it. So I think I'm allowed to have an asterisk here. He's going to say catching the shield, isn't he? It is because that's the only <laughs> other. It's that, or I mean, you already brought up the cart when they're attacking uh, Nick Fury's car, but yeah, it's the it's that his introduction after he kills Fury and like Caps is running and then like whoops. I mean, it was in it was in the first teaser trailer, just showing like oh shoot, and and me knowing having some cursory knowledge of the comics, I'm like oh that's Bucky, obviously. Like uh, it's even him falling to the train during like a winter snowfall in the mountains. I'm going like if that's not the biggest imagery ever, like he's going to be the winner. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was, it, it was an iconic moment and it's it beautiful. Well, don't you wish that Peggy Car- Carter could have caught the shield when, when Wanda threw it at her. And on that oh, note, guys, Micah and Jordan ouch. are going to finish the podcast. <laughs> ouch. Uh, oh my God. No, li- literally, literally outs. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. She's been halved. It's just, oh a, it's, goodness. it's the multiverse, man. You ain't got to worry about it. She's alive. So, so there was uh, there's there's two more things I want to ask before we wrap this up. The first is the senator from Iron Man two. Did you guys like that little cameo? What were your guys' thoughts on that one? Did you oh, like the fact yeah, that he said? Oh yeah, I yes, like it makes so much sense, and it's like uh, the, one of the greatest payoffs. <laughs> totally agree. So that, that, I feel like that's a character that there there was no rhyme or reason to him showing up, but it, it just it made so much sense, and it was like I like that. Like that that's a that's a fun little addition. You never because the the actor died, didn't he? Yeah, Gary um, Shanley, mm-hmm. funny actor. Uh, just, like, I, I'm sure he'd be like, "Oh my god!" So I, I'm like a secret Nazi. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I could see him being all yeah. for that. Like, just, just to have that one moment of, you know, we paid this off. Like, like, just bring him back for a quick moment, just to say, "Hey, you know, I'm Hydra." But then once they revealed all the notes, like he probably got thrown in jail, and you never have to use the character again. Mm-hmm. I was my heart was broken for Sitwell, but uh, I mean he gets his comeuppance because like he he seems so nice and everything else we've seen him in like Agents of Shield and his little and all the one shots and things yeah, like that yeah yeah I'm like no not you <laughs> yep and yeah. then the last thing that I want to know is towards the end of the film uh, there's this whole speech given over the intercom by Captain America what did you guys think of that that whole like inspirational like you know take up your arms, come on, we got to fight this, and if I'm the only one, then, then so be it, but I bet that I'm not. Like, what, what did you guys think of that? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Micah because I know Will's yep. going to get real emotional on this one, so yeah. go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to get emotional, but go ahead, Micah, please. No, <laughs> I, in my notes I wrote, it's your, your typical Captain America speech, and he never gives a bad speech, right? Um, however, like, my favorite Captain America speeches in Endgame when he goes, whatever it takes, and then Ant-Man looks at him and he goes, or no, he looks at Iron Man and he goes, he's good at that, isn't he? 
Well, I thought it was to rocket, but yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was to rocket. He was like, he's like, he's good at that. He's like, well, duh. Like so, <laughs> um, I, I just don't feel like Captain America can give a bad speech. Um, you should read some of his comics. Oh my goodness, they've got oh, some good yeah. stuff there too. I'm talking well, about in respect to the movies. And- yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, like they they pulled some of his his solid stuff from the comics. Yeah. Like the oh, like the uh, the. the- Grant Sharon says it in some. Yeah, I was going to say the, Sharon it, gives the whole don't or you you move, not me. Like when the world tells you to move, and, and you're like, no, you move. Yeah, like that, that's a that's that's what something he said. Well, I am so butthurt. I mean, they they, they did a different homage uh, speech in Endgame uh, with Cap and Thanos, but like I wanted so bad and i was so scared the first time i watched the end game like i thought we were going to see the scene where he's going like as long as there's one person standing against you you can't claim victory but instead it was like the whole like i'm, I'm going to rewrite the world but like i'll it'll be built on a lie and blood no one will ever know you exist and i'm like ooh, that's cold you better kill this guy and i'm also glad i don't know how much you guys know about the deleted scenes but there's apparently a deleted scene where they get it where he grabs a multiversal universe uh universe cap and like beheads him and just like to threaten them uh before the fight and i'm like that would have been gratuitous we don't need that but uh after multiversal madness i don't know man <laughs> it w- maybe would have prepared some of us for that um but the speech is iconic i, I mean e- even sam says like in the movie going like did you rehearse any of that like if he wasn't doing the support group he was doing in Endgame, he would that dude is teaching speech class, and you'd know for a fact <laughs> he he would be like super critical about it, going like, "All right, uh, you stuttered a little bit here, but like B plus, man, uh, you, hit, you hit some solid points." <laughs> I think that this speech was one of my favorites. It got me a little bit more into reading uh, some of the comics, and and it, I love when when. I love when writing is just this peak of perfection that they can write such an amazing piece and that it sticks with you whether you hit the the just of you know this is what it, they were saying or you can nail the exact word for word which i know well you probably can nail that speech but but for me like you give me too much credit <laughs> <laughs> but i just i i think that it was done really well and i'm excited to see what they'll do moving forward with other projects because there's a lot of great source material and i think that they will be able to pull from some of that and, and use some of the, the dialogue from those that will will stand just like that one did so Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Time is wrapping up for us uh, today. And so, uh, guys, if you are following us on TikTok, make sure you check out some of our newer videos. If you're not following us on TikTok, we definitely want you to go and follow us there. Uh, If you want to send us an idea, or maybe you want to be a part of the episode, you can email us at nerdtalkwithjordanhalstead at gmail.com. We would love to get you involved. We'd like to get more ideas. We're starting to branch out, do some new things. And so we want to get what you guys want to listen to. And so we'd love talking about this stuff. And we would love to catch you guys next time on Nerd Talk.